Welcome to 90 and a little extra. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. It's been quite a while exploring other forms of uh, means to bring content to my listeners and my viewers. And uh, in these very, very unique times that have become almost like the new norm. But whatever you do out there, please continue to try to stay safe. Maintain social distancing, wear your face mask, and uh, you know, let's try as much as possible to, you know, to avoid getting the virus. Um, so today on this podcast, I have the pleasure of having a friend of the house. This is uh, Steve's second uh, appearance on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. I have Steve Wabwezi, uh lawyer, sports lawyer, football enthusiast. We can go on and on on all the uh, respective hats that Steve wears. Steve, welcome to Night and Little Extra. Uh, yeah, very good Lagos. And um, once again, very, very happy to be here. All right. So today we'll be talking about the Court of Arbitration for Sports. And um, a lot of people are wondering why, why now? Well, somehow the Court of Arbitration for Sports has found a way to be part and parcel of Nigerian uh, conversation, sports conversation, that body keeps creeping up of late. If you go back to when uh, there was an issue at the NFF with Giwa and uh, Pinnick, Constitution for Sport came up. Uh, if you come very close recently, Sanchez's live band by FIFA, Constitution, the name came up again. And most, most, most recently, uh, Rivers United's issues with the PPG and the weighted PPG issues with the MPFL, Court of Arbitration has come up again. So, Court of Arbitration for sport, they're here to stay. So, um, the body was established in 1984 to settle disputes related to sports through arbitration, according to Wikipedia. Uh, the headquarters is in Lausanne, Switzerland. Um, and also, they have courts located in other parts of the world, New York City, Sydney, and Lausanne. I wonder why they don't have any court in Africa. Uh, temporary courts are established in current Olympic host cities. So, for instance, uh, whenever the Olympics comes up, they would have a temporary court in uh, Tokyo for the Olympics. So, um, let's get into it uh, very quickly. It was the... Uh, conception of the IOC president, uh, Juan Antonio Samarat, back in 84. And I want to believe that they've done a lot of good work in clearing, you know, our doubts, clearing a lot of issues that are related to sports. And I like the fact that whilst they were uh, established by the IOC, they've also found a way to be independent by creating the International Council uh, of arbitration for sport, which is responsible for funding, uh, for financing and you know, financial reporting of the CAS, and it appoints the secretary of the CAS. So uh, they've more or less been doing a lot of good. I don't know if Steve uh, agrees with me on that note. Well, first of all, let me comment. You have done an extensive of uh, what I was going to say. I, 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 I can say here um, without 
of contradiction that you have more or less um, told the audience more, more than 40% of what the Court of Arbitration for Sports is all about. But be that as it may, uh, for sport is um, the apex dispute for sports. You pointed out in the preview, it was initially conceptualized, contrary to what many people think, uh, the Court of Arbitration for Sports was an independent arbitration body before it metamorphosed into the Court of Arbitration for Sports. It was, was an independent arbitration body, just like you have um, people submitting dispute exceed to exceed for arbitration. Yeah. So it was, it was an independent body saddled with the responsibility of resolving disputes through arbitration. So until one Antonio Samaran came up in the early 18, conceptualized the idea of having a dispute resolution body specific to sports. It was initially an IOC uh, brainchild because uh, the IOC birthed the concept of a body that would uh, be saddled with that responsibility of uh, resolving disputes for sports. So the concern was initially was getting people who are not only knowledgeable in sports, but people who are also grounded in arbitration. Uh, so one will now ask, did FIFA come into it? Interestingly, uh, one of the thoughts of the Bozeman decision was the issue of uh, having a bespoke dispute resolution platform where uh, football-related disputes can be determined. And when you go to Article 68.2 of the FIFA statute, uh, which precludes parties, by parties I mean um, football federations, member associations, uh, leagues, players, and clubs are precluded from submitting sports-related disputes to the ordinary courts. That is the clause that more or less affected the court of arbitration for sports. So, um, taking a leap from there now, um, the FIFA now recognizes the court of arbitration for sports as the apex dispute resolution body for all football-related disputes. So with time, the uh, football is because in CAS, you have what is called the closed list. The closed list is just the list of the appointed arbitrators who are appointed for an initial term of four years to resolve disputes, sports-related disputes within CAS. So football has also created its own arm of CAS. That's where you have the football list. The football list where you have um, lawyers who are knowledgeable in arbitration and sports manning that particular platform for the purpose of resolving disputes. So uh, interestingly, uh, in the last 16 years or so, if I'm not mistaken, the Court of Arbitration for Sports has disposed of over 5,000 cases. So, and the number keeps on going. And interestingly, you also mentioned the fact that uh, the cost of uh, lodging an appeal or um, instituting a dispute before the for sports is quite prohibitive. It has, in fact, discouraged a lot of people from pursuing it because at the end of the day, you just ask yourself whether it's even worth it in the end. <laughs> now, we need to put this discussion into the um, separate components. First of all, you have the ordinary arbitration division. 
of the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Then you have the Appeal Arbitration Division. The Appeal Arbitration Division hears appeals directly from uh, FIFA dispute resolution chambers, directly from member associations, decisions of member associations, decisions of clubs, decisions of league bodies, decisions of the player status committee, and all whatnot. So, on that article, I think Article R32 or thereabouts, you have a period of 21 days from the decision of the um, uh, platform of first instance to initiate your appeal. Mm. And the interesting thing, yes, the interesting thing about this period is it is not extendable. Mm. It cannot be extended for any reason. Steve, you're about, to, you're you about to press the fast forward button yes. with what you have just said. Okay. Um, okay. No, no, let's, let's go into it since you are there. You know, you yes. just said now that there's a 21-day window yes. available to anybody that wants to seek redress. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. That wants to seek correct. redress yeah, from at CAS to file yes. their complaint or their objection correct. or their appeal. So yes. one of the reasons why we're discussing CAS today is because of a matter that exists in Nigeria with Rivers United. I want to believe yes. 21 days has passed. <laughs> also, if you go to the Stevie Keshi, I mean, Samson Shasha matter. Yes. You know, you went on and on and on and on and on. That means that case is dead and buried. You know, there's really no point. You can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Steve. You are very, very correct. You are very, very correct. You know, um, it was was one of the flaws I picked from the uh, Samson Siasia issue because I felt the appeal was lodged uh, a tad late. So I don't know what the, the his lawyers are going to actually address that. What I hear is there has been a date for hearing fixed for uh, sometime in October. I don't know whether that Yes, I don't know whether that is going to hold, but I would imagine that before you are given a date for hearing, you must have paid the cost. Yes. There's usually an advance of cost requested from the parties when you want to bring an appeal. Usually, the appellants would lodge the appeal, file the statement of appeal. After filing the statement of appeal, then the director of finance of CAS will call for an advance of course from the parties. Usually it is split 50 50. Mm -hmm. So, but in practical, uh, from practical experiences, the respondent, that person who was full addition of the first instance, would refuse to pay and say, Well, you are the one that brought me to appeal. Go and pay whatever they ask you to pay. Don't disturb me. So, now, now in this case, yes, um, what you're saying is that CAS will approach the two parties. Correct. And say, you guys make your payment. Correct. So the 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 man, the uh, plaintiff now in this case. Yeah. Or no, the defendant in this case will tell the plaintiff of that you're the one that's taking me to cast. Sort yourself out, right? I, I hope I'm right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. You're correct. Okay. You're correct. Okay. So so usually, the needs person filing the somebody with deep pockets. Hmm. The person will go ahead and own share of the cost and pay the respondent's share of the cost. 
Mm. Usually what happens is that at the end of the proceedings, whoever is successful, the cost will be factored in in the final award being delivered by the cast. Oh, I see. So, that so is for way, instance, where you have a 250,000 euro bill to file right. the appeal. So when yes. you pay the 125,000, which is 50% of the cost, yes. uh, advance, if yes. uh, cast now finds in your favor and award you punitive damages or whatever, yes, yes. They will deduct the 125,000 remaining from whatever punitive damages you are you are due. You are correct. Okay. The way the way it is done is that the cast would uh, state that okay that uh, the um, whoever whoever lost at the appeal would bear the cost of the arbitration. Mm. When they say you bear the cost of arbitration, it means that you are going to if you, the, if you are the yeah if you are the one who won at the at the um, of first instance mm. and also succeeded us. What it simply means is that nothing will be refunded to the appellants. Mm. The appellants mm. will go home empty-handed. That is yeah. what it means. So now that is for appeal procedure. And usually the procedure in the appeal is such that after the advance of costs from the parties, Usually, there's a window for um, the skeleton arguments usually for the ordinary appeal procedure, ordinary arbitration procedure. For the appeal procedure, you just file your brief of argument. Mm. Brief of argument is a success statement of the law showing your position. Uh, you also expected to include your witnesses. Um, in cases where you have expert witnesses you want to call, you must also including statements, the statements of the expert witnesses in your brief. You submit, uh, you usually have 10 days from the date of filing the statement of appeal by the brief of arguments. The respondent, on the other hand, has days to respond to what filed, basically outlining his defenses to what position you are taking on the so he also has expert witnesses to submit the state of the expert witness with his, uh, they call it answer. Mm. So with his answer. So you submit that, that it will be faithful here. Usually, of course, the prohibitive nature of getting, especially if you have witnesses uh, who uh, put you an arm and they, uh, and they, they will to Parties would agree to hear the appeal on the paper without any oral hearing. So what it means is that nobody will be called to uh, give evidence or testify. Now, another interesting rule of procedure is that you are not expected to introduce any new evidence at this stage. Yes, at the appeal. Whatever was not disclosed at the uh, decision first instance, you are not to bring at the appeal, mm. except you can demonstrate exceptional circumstances. And this is in tune common law principle, which Nigeria for you to use fresh evidence. That fresh evidence must not have been available to you at the time the was made 
before the platform of first instance. Let's so, let's let's yeah. uh, let's um, let's narrow this down you know, for the benefit right. of, our, of our listeners. Let's narrow it down. Um, so, in essence, from what we've covered, what you're telling us now is that it's possible Shasha responded within the 21-day window to cast. That is why the potentially probably have a a, a, a date set for October. Right? Sorry, say again? I said, from what you've said, it means that it's likely that Shasha met the 21-day window to file an appeal. That's what I, the I, would ima- I, I would imagine so. I would okay. imagine so because if he filed out time, he will be dead on arrival. Even even for a Nigerian decision. Let's, let's down home a little bit. Yeah. Uh, usually you have about uh, 90 days, uh, to, sorry, 30 days to an appeal. Okay. Final decision in Nigeria. Okay. So if it's an interlocutory decision, you have about 14 days. Mm. So where you don't file within time, uh, the rules allow you to file, to seek for an extension of time. You can seek for an extension of time. Okay. But what we tell if you appear before a very sticky uh, panel that will holds in papers and everything you've done, who to know because it is not granted as a matter of course. When mm. you file out of time, there will be a sufficient reason why you didn't file within time. So the appeal can be thrown out even here in Nigeria if you file out of time. Any reasonable I lost the case at the Supreme Court in 2016. It was because as at the time I, we were briefed on that matter, uh the client already out of it wasn't even a fault took steps, did everything, filed the brief of argument, everything within one month. Got dates for hearing to Supreme Court. The Supreme Court looked at our papers and said, sorry, because seeking to appeal, especially when you are seeking to appeal and you fell out of time, it is an unforgivable sin. Hmm. The Supreme Court decision that the Supreme Court uh, gave in, 16. So my client lost on that basis. Appeal was not even on the merits because we are just asking the court, please allow us to leave and for leave to file out of time. We are that we file this appeal out of time. So the court looked at it and said, sorry, you were tardy. There's no reasonable uh, justification filing out of time. Mm-hmm. refused. That was the end. That so he, yes, he didn't even he didn't even resonate with it that we took the steps and everything that even there was even this uh, because there there were papers we needed to obtain to actually our appeal properly for the court. So by the time we have obtained papers and filed a out of time because court said though we cannot grant you that to appeal. So they're not forgiving, but then look at court for sports. I am I challenge anyone who has handled the case of a for sports. He filed out and asked for his time of time. I'll see the case. The truth of the matter is that it is not extended. Mm. 
The only possible extension you can is where perhaps the of the dates for filing the, is a public holiday. Then with even a local interpretation act here in Nigeria, the uh, the uh, last day will be deemed to end on the next after that public holiday. So that's the only exception. So the moment the way it is done, usually if you intend to file an app, throw in the paper immediately, mm. whether you have money to pursue it or not. Oh, no. Throw in the paper, the paper so that you the deadline. That's very, very fundamental. If you miss it, sorry, there's no going back. Okay, so I guess that we can assume that probably Rivers United have made their filings with CAS because yeah. I'm particularly interested in that case because I think that it can potentially change the face of our so-called professional game in Nigeria. You know, um, you know, we're, 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 we're always very sentimental with certain things. You know, and it would be nice to see somebody say, look, I, I believe that a decision has gone against me and I've been you know, unfairly treated and then decide to seek redress. I think it has huge potential of changing the face of our, of our football. If, even if they don't win at CAS, right? Yes. Yes. It does a lot for the game that, you know, you can pick things up. You know, our people have a way, I don't know if people have a way of really saying you don't take matters to court, but it's, it gives the ordinary guy out there the look. So I can't seek redress if I believe I've been unfairly treated. You see, you can say that again, because uh, interestingly, person with the court um, some days back, and he was asking me why we don't seem to be having a lot of uh, sports disputes. I said, well, many of them don't want to go to court. Yeah. Uh, well, while I'm an apostle of amicable settlement, you know, there are certain issues that you just necessarily have to fight for posterity's sake. Yeah. So United would be doing themselves and doing Nigerian football students a whole world of by actually changing that because um, a regulator uh, shown that I'm actually not uh, beyond report. I'm actually not touchable as I may think. Yeah. You can't get everything you shoved those clothes because you expect that um, traditionally they question you. So it is hoping and saying that we, they should go ahead and and the same part is that uh, there's a cast in Cairo. So they don't really need to go to Switzerland. Uh, the cast procedure has been decentralized. But you have the divisions in Kuala Lumpur, Abhi, New York, Sydney, uh, and um, I think uh, somewhere in India as well. So then Africa, you have a division in Cairo where they can really go and uh, dispute no longer okay. now because you know ordinarily by virtue of the statute they are supposed to exhaust the uh, internal procedure here requires you to more or less submit to the nff arbitration committee and all that but then 
the NFL is likely going to actually participate because they sanction what the oh yes oh yes they can't and of course you can't go to their own appeals committee because they are going to be judge judge and jury at the same time. Correct. When and they are also a party to the case. To the case. Party to be will be acting in a mental principle of justice for them to sit over the matter. So the court decision for sports as a court of instance. So they can institute the matter at cast and um, get hearing data as soon as possible. I do fear for them the the court of in such a such a process. Uh, because the NFF well depending depending on, on the way they approach the matter, because usually in such ordinary arbitration procedure, the parties will first cited, you know, you have the latitude choosing your own arbitrator. Usually it's usually a panel of um, three persons or its arbitrator. So where it is three arbitrators, both parties will choose their arbitrator arbitrators and then oh. appoint the third person who will now ask as chairman yet. So mm. my fear for them is that uh, I just hope that the cost will not be too pro for them. If the NFF wants to achieve us, NFF will uh, tell them the cost of their and um, seek to seek to um, await the final decision, know whether to be able to pay of the cost. So what is going to that might frustrate them because um, the place that I've seen is around between 10,000 10, euros as cost of the arbitration. So that's, that's a lot. I don't know how much reverse United make. That money now. Ah, didn't the <laughs> government give a judge 150 million? Ah, <laughs> they have money. Well, well, I, I, just, I just pray and pray <laughs> for the sake of Nigerian football that they. No, I, re I really, I really, I really, I really am concerned about you know. I really, really would love to see this happen because you know one of the reasons why I'm particular about it is because in Nigeria, for yes. those that have followed Nigerian domestic football for many years, they are able to tell you even before certain things happen that this is likely, this is what is likely to happen. Because right. a pattern has been in play from the get-go. You know, that's Nigerian football for you. When this matter came up, it was something that could have been decided within maximum a day, mm. right? To decide who is second, who is third. Yes. It's because this was something that we ourselves in the office were able to calculate. And we saw that from our calculations, Rivers United were going to be second. Inba were going to be third. But you waited for months and then came out with we saw anybody we saw it from the day. So I'm particular because I want change. I want because even I saw a letter that the NFF wrote to Rivers United. Yes, the guy, uh, the commissioner as well, made some you know insensitive comments. Yes, but even the contents of the letter that the NFF wrote itself 
can serve as also a piece of evidence because it was as if they were giving subtle threats. Correct. You know, in that letter. And this is what happens in Nigerian football. We are seeing instances where a team mm, was top of the table midway in a season. Right? Yes. Yes. And they had card violence. They beat up a referee. They got relegated. That's it. This is you. You beat referee, Abby. We'll deal with you. <laughs> so, the contents of the level that had subtle threats there. Yes. And I, it was worrisome for me that I can you and organization write this kind of letter. You know? <laughs> Very condescending. Yes. Very so, condescending. <laughs> so it's worrisome. So that is why I want them to actually go ahead and fight this case to the very end. Even if they don't win. Let it be that we had belief that we were in the right and we sought redress. Mm. It's the same way we discuss disputes related to payments, allowances to domestic players that they are owed for years and they refuse to go to the industrial court that is available to them because they don't want to be singled out, they don't want to be victimized, you know, and all that. Why? Because it is, it is quote-unquote how we are. And some of us do not realize that we actually have rights to seek redress. The okay. system has been structured in such a way that you are, you are made to be timid, you know, not to seek redress. Because you have a player status committee that has been inaugurated since forever and have not sat for one day. <laughs> FIFA says they have to sit because matters related to players' disputes have to come through them. But they, they don't sit because, you know, which is one of the reasons why I hope that this first minister and some of the things he's saying, that I hope they are not just sound bites, that he will see, you know, things to a laudable conclusion. We need to take unusual and you know, tough stance, tough decisions right. that will yeah. shock the industry. It is until that happens before we can start directing our football in the right direction. Just to digress a little, that um, that misconception that you have to go through the press before you go to... Oh, yes, I know it's a misconception. It's wrong. It's completely wrong because... By section 54C of the Constitution, the industrial court has original jurisdiction. Any employment related, the RSTP, Article 22 of the RSTP, also acknowledges this fact. Yes, yes, it, it is. It is a employment tribunals and that would have jurisdiction over employment related. Since the players are Nigerians, nothing stops them from approaching the natural industrial court. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many uh, players 
have approached me. Okay, uh, we'll do this thing. The next time you call them, they are sounding <laughs> So I don't want to go into, <laughs> go into no, I know, I know, I know. We've had them, I've had them, uh, Tosa Kiemi on this, yeah. on this podcast a few times, and he's handled some of these cases. And he tells me more often than not, it's the guys that are foreign, it's the foreign guys that they're able to see their cases to exactly. the end because <clears throat> those ones go directly to FIFA, they don't need any, they don't yeah. need to, you know, beat around the bush, they go directly to FIFA and FIFA. Does and when I like what FIFA does now, once you are owing, they just ban you. You can't sign any player, exactly. You can't be involved in transfer market, you know, even yeah. though really, in the real sense, our tra- what is the value of our transfer market in Nigeria? Yes. We're in a country where we're secretive about transfer dealings because we say, because one nonsense security is and and what have you, <laughs> you know, so. So yes, it's a huge misconception, and I'm happy that gradually it is changing, and that is what this Super United case would also do, so whether it's successful or otherwise. But I really want them to to go all the way. Um, you you wrote a piece uh, a while ago. Now let's look at some of the cases that CAS have um, adjudicated <clears throat> over over the last few years. Uh, one that quickly comes to mind has to be the one for Manchester City. Um, right. I, I had an issue with the fact that well, maybe some will say because of my club affiliations, yes, that I wanted them to be thrown out. But I, I was of the opinion that, look, if you look at certain, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I read and what I listened to, I felt that what is the point of throwing out a case, right? And saying that, no, the ban should not yeah. go into effect, but you still now find them. So you reduce the band for 25 million euros to 10 million euros and you take yeah. out the band. So <clears throat> for me, I wasn't very happy about that. So I felt that what's the point of banning them if they are not guilty? Steve, are you there? Hello. Yeah, I can hear you, Steve. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Steve, I can hear you. Can you hear me, Steve? Hello? Go ahead, Steve. Okay. Um, I can't say about the city decision. For me, I think it's actually a case of provision for doesn't have a system or body of binding precedent mm. like you have in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. It is not binding if a particular panel sits over a decision. Uh, and the subsequent panel come here is on similar class. Subsequent panel will not be bound by the decision of the former panel. But what you find in practice is that there's an unwritten convention by they still look at what decided for, if they are not expressly saying it. So where am I going with this? I think 
it is going to be big clubs like PSG and Manchester City wings to fly because um, it means they are going to run offshore over the uh, the financial play regulation. Yeah. But beyond all of that, I am not really in the CFCB, which handled the investigation and the adjudication. You know, you have the investigatory chamber, which investigation. Then you have the adjudicatory chamber. What is in is that Manchester City had actually looked at the initial appeal in 2019. And yes. City, yeah. Yeah. It's the investigatory chamber. So the court of sports then took the that it was a final decision such that the court of for sports will now be empowered to hear it in an appeal. So they were told await the decision of the adjudicatory chamber. When the adjudicatory chamber came to return and the fine, it was now what activated the second appeal. So that second appeal, we now said, okay, well, that uh, Manchester City did not operate. That mm. the fine, the 10 million euros fine imposed was for corp. For non-cooperation. In my in my mind, I ask my myself, do you mean by not cooperation, <laughs> not cooperating with the body? Is it something you think? And then, if there's something you are hiding, then yes. there's a pressure case of those, at least your part that of wrongdoing. Let me put it that way on your part. So you cannot just come and. Make a finding, okay. I am paying you for this. Actually, stating that okay, this is the offense that has been the club. So, mm -hmm. questions people uh, who are really worried about the uh, application financial fair play relations, you know, because a lot of issues, and that is where I differ from arbitration. Of the issues we merely uh, they will raise issues of procedural fairness. That yes, that you didn't bring this to my attention because it is party driven. Uh, there's that party autonomy and visibility allows you at that point in time to disclose what you want to do. Manchester interest the hearing with something very very uh, tricky. There's, that the source of you again was from WikiLeaks. Hmm. So and that and you know what once an evidence relevant, it is admissible regardless of the source. Hmm. Nobody wants to know the source of your evidence so long as it is relevant to the question, facts in issue. But what about where? What I'm sorry, Steve. What about the situation where the the evidence is is obtained under false? Um, how, how, how do you lawyers put it? Um, okay, evidence obtained using under false pretenses. Yes, under false pretenses. Yes, yes. you remember that was what happened case of Emma Yeah, Emma It was a thing operation. He didn't know. 
that was undertaken by two analysts. Yeah. Had a conversation regarding government the uh, 2022 work of the so it was it was nailed extensively by those guys. Uh, those evidences, interestingly, are still admissible. No court will question the source of evidence or how you obtain the evidence, so long as it is relevant. That arbitration, so long as it is relevant to the case at hand. Yes. Okay. So what happens when I I break into a suspect or accused house, home, office, and I obtain evidence from said location. Now, I do not have a warrant, but I break into the said location to get uh, the evidence. That's not going to be admissible. Unfortunately, it will be what they to do, or the courts might mitigate some of uh, sentences mm. that ordinarily attended such such acts. The courts will mitigate it. The most important thing is um, they found such evidences on you. It will be different if those evidences were planted. If it is something like an Indian, for example, yeah. that um, planted by the investigator just to nail. No court will convict you for that. Yeah, but how is the court to know that the yes. Indian hemp was planted? Sorry? How, how is the court to know that the Indian hemp was planted? Is your word against there the, could be, the officers? Uh, there, could be, there, could be, there, could be, there could be circumstantial evidence yes. in that, okay, maybe one of the persons saw the investigation when it was planted and caught him and said, okay, uh, we saw you when you were doing it. Usually, um, there's something we call corroboration of evidence. So if, if I give if the accused person makes a statement, indicting the investigator, the prosecutor, or the prosecutor, the person who actively and able to show that there have been instances in the past where particular investors try to certain offenses. And the second person got now to corroborate it that, oh, this particular guy, I saw him illegally praying with a car. Mm. And that, that now draw that resistible inference. Yes, that person must have actively participated in planting things on the suspect. So that is the case of, because usually, uh, the burden on the criminal uh larger in a criminal case. They will have to establish beyond reasonable doubt that that particular evidence was said of this person. Once they are not able to discharge that burden, the accused person will be spot free. So civil in, in, in this case now, in this city case, yes. yes. Do you agree? With the eventual decision, I don't agree. With the eventual decision. Okay. I don't agree with the eventual decision. Now, Coming to the okay. Yes, no, finish finish what you want to say. Mm. Mm. So, I come to the conclusion that there was uh, non-cooperation by a Manchester City. Actually, 
credence to the fact that, yeah, that these people were not acting in good faith, mm. that, um, that there might have been distortions with their books, which may have gone unnoticed from the investigatory chamber. So I expected, I, I, while I not expect absolution from guilt on the part of Manchester City, what I expected was that at least there will be some kind of uh, chastening remark or statement from Cass, saying mm. that, oh, these people did not comply the financial fair uh, play rule X, Y. It does suffice for you to just come up with that these people, yes, didn't cooperate, and because they didn't cooperate, reducing the initial fine of 30 euros to mm. 10 million euros, mm. then the issue of the ban is completely lifted, totally. I, I don't think, I don't think uh, it makes good reason for the yeah. purpose of the financial fair regulation. I agree. Because like I said, either of this, and you can see the apparent man they were pursuing Lionel Messi. They were actually going to sign Messi for yes, for a fee. If Barcelona had got to demand Messi, a massive player today, I'm telling you, they would have Messi and signed some other. Players. You know, so the rules are very, very clear. Actually, the break-even requirements. Yeah. So you must always be above board when it when it comes to uh, your expenses and your expenditures. It doesn't make good reading like I for uh, you cast to simply say because that that for me was just a slap on the wrist. <laughs> a huge one. A huge slap yes, on the wrist. It was a was a slap on the wrist. Do you do you know, agree with Steve, do you agree with the operations, the mode of operations of, of the Court of Arbitration for Sport, especially as it has to do with the fact that you can't you can't introduce new evidence when a matter is taken to them for um, for arbitration. That's one. Two, yeah. in your experience or from your knowledge, you know, you know that there's a there's a there's a route for appeal after yeah. CAS. Correct. Right? Yes. In your experience, do you? I think they, they said they've had. I read somewhere that they've had only seven decisions go to a, to appeal after CAS, and in the seven, only one has gone against CAS. Has gone against the decision of CAS. Okay. Let me make this confession here. Yeah. I have a lot of with the procedures. Part of my problem, beyond the ones listed, is even the issue of uh, the impact of the clause. Arbitration, as we all know, it, it is party-driven. Maybe, maybe you should break down what party-driven means for, for the lay man that might be listening. Yes, what does party-driven, yes. what does it mean? Yes. Um, arbitration, first of all, is an alternative dispute resolution. It is yeah. different from litigation, 
where you have regimented rules that you comply with. Uh, arbitration gives a lot of to the party. The choice of the law that will be applicable to the arbitration to the party. If we enter into an agreement right now, and we insert the arbitration clause, if both of us agree that Nigerian law will be applicable, I've reviewed an agreement interestingly for your clients, uh, um, whose counterparty is also based in Nigeria. They said they are going to use Hong Kong. I found that immediately. I said, how can both of you be Nigerians? You are doing business in Nigeria. And you want to have Hong Kong law. Check <laughs> what Hong Kong law. Have you checked what Hong Kong law is all about? <laughs> the interest is that if, we had gone, if they had gone ahead to sign the agreement, it becomes binding, and the dispute arises tomorrow, they will have to go to Hong Kong to go and... So they want to go there. So that is that is the issue of arbitration. So you have that like choose your arbitration, choose your because that is to decide how you are going to uh, the timetable, the organo, you know, mm. how you are going to resolve your issues. That's okay, that uh, we're going to uh dispute within three months. You'll be binding, you follow that time. Once you have the arbitration status, and, it, and that is where your power ends. Mm. So I have a problem. Now I have a problem. Interestingly, in one of the cases that come up to changing of the capital, that was the case of Claudia Fechstein and yeah. the International Team uh, Union. It was the authenticity, the, the validity of their clause. As an athlete, I am given an end to participate in certain events. That entry form contains an arbitration clause I have not agreed to. That entry form, because I am signed the form as it is, I don't have any whatsoever to make on the arbitration. I sign the form and then issue comes, you take to uh, cut, okay, that this is the body that we would have to hear the matter. Now, Ordinarily, I should have attitude to who has my arbitration. Now, mm. you see a list of only 20 something persons and say, you must appoint from any of these three. <laughs> you cannot appoint from outside. This is the way it's So, that is what that, you mean by it's party based? Correct. Okay. So, so the choice so, the choice of arbitrators or members of the arbitration panel. Is not um, what's the right word to use now? It's not open ended. It's closed ended. It is closed. As a matter of fact, what the the terminology is closed list. You have yeah, closed list yeah. to choose from. So that closed list, yeah, they give you names. You you have never heard of these names before. You have to go to the internet. Yes, you go check it their resumes. Yes, go and box that they are. Mm. That's the thing you are going to do. And like I said before, they have a term four years. They moved and then new subjectors are appointed. So these these are the issues I have. Now we now come to the the federations, the so the federations that incorporate arbitration clauses, compulsory mm. arbitration that agreed to. No, you, you ask me whether I want to resolve the issue by arbitration. 
impose it on. Then, um, before 1994, uh, that was before the advent ICAS, the International Council of Arbitration. Yeah. The ICAS actually came as a of in response to a case filed by uh, El Magundel, El FEE, brought an action before the Court of Arbitration for Sports. In fact, he was frontally challenging the jurisdiction Court of Arbitration for Sports to even hear the matter. On some very late too, that the Court of Arbitration for Sports was not independent, completely yes. independent. Yes. It was yes. the front strength of the IOC. Of the IOC in yes. fact, yes. So the panel in an orbital zoom, it was just a state person. They said that had the case been brought to the IOC itself, that they would have been inclined to agree with Magundel. Mm. So this case was decided in 1993. In 1993, they started to constitute what we the now know today as So part of the issue. Now we now come to the very interesting issue of appeal to mm. the to, uh, to the federal tribunal. You have, you have appeal from CAS to this federal tribunal. Only limited, very limited instances where you can bring such a And lawyers have gone to this federal tribunal. That place is, is a, how do I, is a theater. <laughs> the, you know, you walk into the room and you tell yourself that everybody in that room is against, it's against you. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. You, because the, I, have a, I have a friend who you see in England who told me his experience. He said the moment he's in that room, have one of his appeal, he knew to lose. He said there was no way. That from the moment, <laughs> yes. Like you, know, you know this thing just mentioned that took me back to one of my very, very first interviews as a young boy looking for, for work. And I had this friend yes. I went to uni together. I walked into the interview. I finished. I did my interview before him. So I came out. He was asking me how. I now told him, oh, you have about eight people on the panel. <laughs> the guy entered the office. When he saw the eight people, he ran out. <laughs> he ran out. Like, eh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't finish you. to drag him back. Ah, why are you having Ah. No. <laughs> that this person I'm looking at. I don't think it's Yes, I'm telling you. So, you see, you see, a, you see a, a group of hostile men just seated behind the table, mm -hmm. looking at you, watching it. Take they will start scrutinizing your papers from the name, from mode of dressing, the way you are dressed. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, no way, there's no way you were. So, now, why is it so? They apparently. Uh, they are relying on section 190 of the uh, federal statute. Yeah. That's statute. And again, we must, we must also remember of the arbitration of the cities in Switzerland. Yeah. What you mean cities, the applicable law yeah. is the law of, of Switzerland. So I imagine, imagine let me go back a little to the United issue. Both parties are Nigerians. Yeah. All right. And then you are now compared by the very strange videos of car to 
and file an appeal not in the Supreme Court of Nigeria, mm. which would have stood circumstances there. But before the Supreme Tribunal in Switzerland, you go before the Federal Tribunal in Switzerland, they will have to apply this law for kids. Mm. The bottom line of thing is that courts have not been to use me. It is something that they revisit. Hmm. Hmm. It's something that you have to revisit. So if the if arbitration, the arbitration procedures at CAS is going to maintain, maintain that type of past autonomy, yeah. then they have they need to revisit that issue. And before you can bring that action, because it's actually gone on one ninety two of the Swiss Federal. Before you can approach the Swiss Federal Tribunal, it has to be one of about four cases. Uh, one is that um, the, the constitution of the panel was not to decide of the appellants, that you were not happy with the manner the panel was constituted. Uh, maybe, you know, usually when an arbitrator is appointed to hear a matter, even in ordinary the arbitrator must uh, do what we call conflict check. Conflict check to state whether he has any relationship with any of them. She is bound to disclose because we've had instances where some people will come and say these people in a certain chamber, maybe one of the players representing one of the parties has an affiliation with uh, one of the arbitrators, mm. a ground that you can raise. Mm. If you raise that ground and you are overruled by ICAS because uh, issues are <laughs> handled by ICAS, because it's ICAS that appoints those arbitrators. Mm. If you raise such an issue and ICAS rules you, you can become the subject of further appeal to the Swiss Federal Tribunal. Mm. Then you can also bring an appeal to the Swiss the tribunal where the tribunal exceeded its original more or less that the side the scope of what was submitted by the parties is the ground that you can use to have uh what ground again um, um okay another one was the issue of procedural regularity that the rights to fair hearing were not observed. For instance, if, for example, you wanted to have an oral hearing, I told the tribunal that you want an oral hearing, and then that person is, and the tribunal agrees, you can, on that ground, appeal and say that, okay, that your right to fair hearing was because were not accorded at the hearing, which will afforded the tribunal a better opportunity of understanding your case. Your case. Exactly. So this is the ground that you can so like I have I have a lot of I have a lot of issues with cast. Very uh pretty one is the issue of the advance of costs that they ask from the parties. Yeah. Actually now of people access to jobs. Yeah. 
I, I think I agree because, with that. Uh, yeah. Hey, for example, an athlete only rely on maybe appearance bonuses to run for major athletic events, and then you have a doping case brought by the world anti-doping agency to that you want to appeal, and you are asked to pay for eighteen thousand euros. Right? And you don't have the money. Do you have the funds to actually finance? If at the end of the day, you are, you are foreclosed by of uh, like um, uh, dispute resolution, and again foreclose me from approaching that only choice by virtue of the native cost you ask from parties. So it is something that I am hoping they will look into. And that, you know, it, it's frustrating. I can tell you for free, most of the cases you get eventually that are filed before CAS are three cases maybe financed by feminine uh, friends of the applicants. And at the end of the day, the Federation really imposed that particular. We go home victorious. Let the injured party go home without access to justice. It's something that they really need to Something they need to Well, uh, as always, <clears throat> it's always very unlikely when I talk to, to you. Um, you guys help to shed very clear light on issues surrounding sports law. Only say I know I know just Sabi Bukwewe. I'd have loved to <laughs> to try for sports law. But as always, thank you very much, Steve, for always sharing you, a wealth of knowledge with us and of course our, our listeners, listeners to the podcast. Uh, this has also yeah. shed a lot of light to the possibilities and the opportunities that cast gives us, even though not perfect. But at least it is an outlet where athletes, sports people, mm. uh, football clubs, federations, and what have you, can seek yes. redress. Especially in a country like ours, where a lot of things are a bit uh, muddy and cloudy in most, okay. uh, in most cases. Thank you very much, Steve, for joining me once again on 90 and a little extra. Thank you very much. That's nighter and little extra for you today. It's, we just spoke about the cut of arbitration for sports, the operations as it relates to Nigeria and some of the cases that come out that have been very interesting and intriguing over the last few years. Uh, we'll try, I'll try as much as possible to, to motivate myself to record this podcast again. I'm doing a lot of other stuff. So uh, if you're listening, check. Um, you can follow Steve at the Kaiser 747, right? Steve. Yeah. Your Twitter handle again. Kaiser747. Yeah. Kaiser747. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at YemiTM442. You can I have a lot of stuff that I'm doing online. Uh, no touch screens. Uh, gaming Today, which is a, a, a show about um, esports and gaming. No touch screens. Football analysis and tactics discussion show, 
tomorrow we have a Premier League preview tomorrow from 3 p.m. That's Thursday from 3 p.m. So you can join in uh, with uh, Chiu Eze and most likely uh, Eurosports team Kepo will be joining us as well. Um, so that's the show for today. Um, thank you for joining us and uh, have a lovely day.